Hello, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, and welcome to another episode of Britsburg, a voice from across the pond. I'm Owen, the Macamienza, and I welcome you out there in Steeler Nation, no matter where you're listening to this podcast. Thank you for choosing to listen. Thank you for all your support on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube. I really appreciate all that. It's fantastic. It's great to see so many Steeler fans coming together to celebrate all things black and gold. News coming out of Steeler Nation then for this current week that we are in at this moment in time. Um, so the Steelers tweeted out yesterday that they've interviewed the following candidates for their uh, role of general manager, which will become vacant after April's draft when Kevin Colbert will step down. Kevin Colbert, who's been in the role uh, for a great number of years now and is only our third general manager. So the people they've interviewed are... Uh, Ryan Cowden of the Titans, Ed Dodds of the Colts, Jojo Wooten or Wooden of the Chargers, John Wojciechowski of the Packers, sorry about the bad pronunciation, it's a difficult name to pronounce, Morocco Brown of the Colts, Dan Morgan of the Panthers, might be popular, you never know, another Panther, um, and John Spitek of the Bucks. What a, cl- what a cool last name that is, Spitek. Good for a general manager, don't you think? Scouting, spying, checking out other players, using technology, spy tech. Maybe that's just my weird mind. But of course, one of the names that is missing from that list is the name Lewis Riddick. Now, it was announced um, a few weeks ago that uh, the Steelers would interview Lewis Riddick for their vacant general manager's role, which got Steeler Nation very excited that this ESPN pundit, former um, front office personnel guy from the Washington, as was then Redskins and the Philadelphia Eagles, responsible for creating that Eagles team with so many talents, um, but Harlem Globetrotters like similar sort of style to the Rams recently have, obviously not with the same success as the Rams, was going to be interviewed for the Pittsburgh Steelers top man, top job. Um, it seems now that, well, either they forgot his name off the list or no interview has actually taken place. This leaves more questions than answers, obviously. Why was the rumour put out there? Was he interviewed? If he wasn't, why wasn't he? And if he was interviewed, why has his name been left off the list? More questions than answers there. And I think hopefully the Pittsburgh Steelers in the next couple of days will move to quell those very strange rumours. Obviously, the other candidates that were interviewed were Omar Khan and um, Brandon Hunt, who are the internal candidates, uh, guys who've worked very closely with Kevin Colbert over the last few years. Omar Khan, obviously, is the um, cap guy, the numbers guy, real whiz with the numbers, real whiz with getting the cap down. Um, and Brandon Hunt is more the scouting guy. I think there's been a lot of uh, supposition within Steelers Nation that the role would be split, um, the GM role will be split in some way between Brandon Hunt and Omar Khan trying to keep both these very talented young men under the Steelers umbrella and working for the Steelers, one to keep the cap under control and the other to go and scout the players that we need to improve this franchise to build towards that seventh in Lombardi trophy. It would put us out on our own as the most successful franchise in the NFL. What else? What else went out today? Oh, yes, the NFL um, released their quarterback rankings. They ranked all the quarterbacks who played in the league this season. Um, No surprise, I don't think, that uh, number one was Tom Brady. Number two was Aaron Rodgers, the MVP. Uh, Number three, Josh Allen, who's had a cracking season. Uh, Number four, Justin Herbert. Number five, Matthew Stafford, who won the Super Bowl with the LA Rams. Number six was Joe Burrow. Number seven, Patrick Mahomes. Number eight was Kyler Murray. Number nine was Dak Prescott. And number 10 was Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. 
So Steeler Nation, I know what your question is. Where was Ben? Well, Ben was ranked 29th on the list. Um, with some people ahead of him that perhaps you'd be a little bit shocked at being ahead of Ben. But I think, you know, given how Ben played this year, um, you know, Ben was very mobile this year. And I know that Ben is a future Hall of Fame. And I know that Ben has given so much to our franchise. I and mean, Ben has been an awesome quarterback for um, for the Pittsburgh Steelers in his last 18 years. However, I think we can all agree that his play was a little bit below average last year. Um, mostly he played in the fourth quarter. He didn't look very mobile. Um, his long ball seemed to have gone as well. And whilst he was the best quarterback on the roster, the quarterback who gave us the best opportunity of winning, I think we can all agree that his play perhaps wasn't up to the standards it had been in previous years and definitely doesn't compare with some of those names that are above him, especially in that top 10. The other question I'm sure you're asking was, was Mason ranked? Well, out of 62, Mason was ranked 53rd. Even the likes of uh, Drew Locke, um, Sam Darnold, Colt McCoy, Trevor Simeon, were all ranked higher than the Steelers' backup quarterback. I know these, obviously it's a limited sample last year that you've got to take it with a pinch of salt. He only played that game against the Lions and part of that game against the Chiefs. But, again, a disappointing place for Mason to come. Um, I think this is probably reflective of what a lot of NFL pundits are saying at this moment in time, what a lot of NFL commentators are saying, that the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they are realistically going to become competitors and compete for the division and a playoff place next season, then Mason Rudolph is not the answer at quarterback. Um, I read something the other day that Palace projected as finishing 4-13 and 13 with Mason as a starter. I think that's very unrealistic, given the talent that we have on the rest of the team. You know, you look on the offense, you've got Najee Harris, Pat Freyamuth, Zach Gentry, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson. You know, and that's without re-signing anybody in, um, who's our free agent currently or signing any free agents or drafting anyone. In terms of the defense, you know, you've got Cameron Haywood, you've got Minka Fitzpatrick, you've got TJ Watt, Tyson Alu-Alu to come back, Cam Sutton, you know, possibility of Stefan Tuitt returning again, far too much talent for me to see um, them finish with a 4-13 and 13 record. I mean, more realistically for me with Mason as quarterback would be something like an 8-9-0 and 0 record or a 7-10 and 10 record. Or something like that. I just don't think Mason's got it as a starter. Not long term. You know, in 2019, when he was given the opportunity to start, he didn't really show that he was the man. You know, if he was going to be the quarterback of the future, that was his opportunity to really go out there and prove to the franchise, prove to the coaches, prove to the fans that behind Ben, we had someone who was capable of coming in, taking control of the offense and really leading this team. The team obviously finished 8-8 eight and eight that season. With Duck Hodges also playing a part in the season. Um, Mason, I know, obviously had that incident where Miles Garrett tried to kill him. But um, for me, Mason just hasn't got the necessary skills or leadership quality um, or talent to become a top, top quarterback. You know, and if you're going to compete for Super Bowl, you've got to have a real top 10 talent quarterback. And if you look at those top 10 that were listed in the NFL rankings by the NFL Network, you know, Mason hasn't got the skills to compete with any of those. You know, take even take Tom Brady out of that, obviously, because he's retired. You know, can he compete with Aaron Rodgers? No. Can he compete with Josh Allen? No. Can he compete with Justin Herbert? No. Can he compete with Matthew Stafford? No. Is he in the same league as Joe Burrow? No. Is he in the same league as Patrick Mahomes? No. Can he compete with Kyler Murray? No. Can he compete with Dak Prescott? No. Can he compete with Derek Carr? No. 
So for me, obviously that is a position we're going to need to address, whether that's through free agency, through the draft, or whether we do run for one season with the team run between Mason and Dwight, uh, Dwight and Dwayne Haskins, uh, and not obviously consider this, this season as just to be just a rebuild and not a season where we're going to compete for playoff places or for any Super Bowl titles, which I think is very unrealistic at this moment in time. And then obviously build next year, uh, looking to next year's draft for a quarterback or looking at um, drafting or getting someone through free agency or trading for someone in the next off-season. That is the key question. One of the things that obviously stands out um, for me, though, is the fact that um, if we're going to compete, if we're going to give any quarterback the opportunity to compete going forward, we need to build a successful O-line for them. Steelers O-line was ranked as one of the worst in the NFL last year, and certainly once Kevin Dotson went down injured, the line got a whole lot worse. In my previous podcast, I've said at times that it resembled a set of turnstiles. That's how bad it was. Um, I remember the Chargers game, watching that on that Thursday night. Um, not Chargers game. Watching sorry, the Vikings game and the Chargers game. Um, both those games, you know, they nearly got Ben killed in both those games. You know, Ben was run over very, very quickly, very, very easily um, by opposition defenders. The Thursday night, sorry, was the Vikings game. Um for me, I just think that we need to really concentrate this offseason on building up the trenches, building up our defensive line, especially if Tuit doesn't return, and building up this offensive line. Without a successful offensive line, or even an average offensive line, a team cannot succeed. A quarterback cannot have the time he needs to pass the ball, to go through his progression of his reads, to look for his targets downfield, and to throw that long ball. It also would give us a better opportunity to establish the running game. It's a well-known fact, I think, now that if you want the Matt Canada offense, the Matt Canada system to work for the Pittsburgh Steelers, then the running game needs to be established. Where Canada had success at NC State, at Pitt, for example, it was when he got the running game established. Now, we have got a very talented running back, one of the best running backs in the NFL. The guy came fourth in rushing in his rookie season. He's only going to get better with development and with working with our running backs coach and our offensive coordinators and our coaches. In addition to that, you give this guy a decent offensive line and he's going to burst out some big yards. 1,200 yards behind that garbage offensive line last year was amazing. An offensive line that averaged 0.9 yards before contact. So the majority of Najee's uh, yards came after contact. So for me, if we can put the offensive line into place, then we can definitely, definitely improve next season and move forward as a franchise. Especially if you consider the offense was the thing that led us down. How many times did our defense keep us in games, but the offense could not, could not move the ball successfully, could not eat up a lot of clock to give the defense time to recuperate and rest. When the defense started to fail, it was because they were gassed because constantly the offense were going three and out, three and out, three and out. And the defense were back on the field. No matter how many times they stopped the opposition, took the ball away from the opposition, they were constantly being put back on the field, back on the field. And without the depth that we, we, didn't, we didn't have last season, we didn't have that depth due to injury. It was a struggle then. The defense got gassed very quickly. That's when they started to struggle. And that's when teams started to really man, rack up the points against us. 
So we've got to establish a good offensive line to establish an offense that can move the ball, but not only that can establish the running game. If you get the running game going, it will open so much more. It will open those passes over the middle so we can use Pat Freyamuth, who I think is an absolute weapon and will be one of the finest tight ends in the NFL. It means we can open the longer passing game because it gives the quarterback more time to throw the ball more chance to go through his reads. Also, it would give Najee Harris more opportunity to establish that running game. Uh, Najee Harris, opportunity to come out of the backfield, catch the ball. And if we get Najee running the ball, it's going to eat up more clock, more time. And that's a really important thing. Keep the opposition offense off the field and keep our defense off the field so our defense is rested. So when it comes out, it's raring to go. And it is the elite defense we know our Pittsburgh Steelers defense can be. You know, our offensive line was ranked 26th out of 32 last year. On average, Ben had 2.2 seconds to release the ball. That's all he had. That's not a lot. Steelers ranked 6th in line pressures allowed, 17th in pass blocking. Um, they're heavily protected here, though, because uh, they're higher up because of Ben's quick release. Uh, the quick release enabled us to be of that sort of middle range position on that pass blocking. Run blocking, we were 24th. Um, I'm ranked 29th overall on the offensive line, which is pretty poor. Um, highest ranked lineman on Quantum PFF was Trey Turner. Then it was Kevin Dotson. The worst was Kendrick Green, who obviously really struggled last year with things like the bull rush and being pushed back and ended up a lot of time on his backside. There were also some very, very um, errant snaps. Um, so... Of those people who are definitely under contract for next season, Zach Banner, Kevin Dotson, Kendrick Green, Joe Haig, John Leglue, Dan Moore. The futures contracts at the moment, we have Nate Gilliam, who is a guard, Chaz Green, who is a tackle, and Malcolm Pridgen, who is a guard. They're definitely under contract for next season. Um, unrestricted free agents uh, from the offensive line, we have BJ Finney, Chooks Okorafor, Trey Turner. Exclusive rights free agents, we have J.C. Hassenhauer. And obviously we have a new O-line coach, Pat Mayer. Pat Mayer, who coaches a run scheme and coaches a blocking scheme that is very much fitting in with the way that Matt Canada wants to do things, hence why he has been employed. Of those offensive linemen that we have under contract, I think there's a few that we could do with the losing, completely getting rid of. I think it's time for Zach Banner to go. You know, yes, he probably is a decent enough guard, but he's never healthy. You know, he's been either ill or unfit or had some injury that's kept him out of the team. And he's eating up a lot of cap space. I think it's about five mil. If we could cut, with great, cut Banner and replace him with another quality guard, this would obviously give us more cap space and more room to move. Um... We obviously need to rebuild this offensive line. Now, the big for me, the only two that I would say are guaranteed starting places are Dan Moore, who made big steps forward last year. Um, given that he was drafted and probably not expected to start, he came in and did a good job, moved forward. You know, not wasn't spectacular, but definitely made good progress. And I think with another off-season in him, another training camp in him, um, more practices, more work with the new off line, offensive line coach, new more work with the likes of Kevin Dotson, for example, then I think he's only going to get better. Kevin Dotson, I think, was our premier offensive lineman. Um, he, you know, the line did take that real tail off and that real dive once he w went down injured with that high ankle sprain of his. Um, of the unrestricted free agents, um, I really don't think it's worth retaining any of them. Some people have made an argument for Chukes of Corrafor to come in as a swing tackle, but Chukes is very average, very average. And do you want to settle for average? That's the key question. 
you know, perhaps, you know, if we cut Joe Haig, then yes, gets Chooks back in to be the Cubs swing tackle. But for me, I think it's time that all of those guys were let go. JC Hassenhauer, I don't think, has made as big a step forward and doesn't provide the skills the Steelers want to move this Matt Canada offense forward. So I think for me, he his needs to be got rid of as well. That leaves, obviously, two ways to rebuild this offensive line, either through the draft or through free agency. They are the ways to do this for me. You know, to rebuild our draft, we need to look at we need to look at either drafting or getting guards in free agency. So, who's out there? Who's around that we could get? Now, in free in the draft, the most promising guards and tackles coming out of the college system this year is Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Ekim Ekwonu, Kenyon Green, Bernhard Raymond, Zion Johnson, who I'm a big fan of, Daniel Falele, the beast from Down Under. Nicolas Petit Frere, which means small brother. If that's French, Petit is small, Frere is brother. Darian Kinnard, uh, Trevor Penning, who looked a beast um, during practice at the Senior Bowl. Max Mitchell, Chris Paul, uh, Sean Ryan, Luke Further, and Thea Munford. Now, it's likely that people like Cross and Neil um, will be gone before the Steelers come to pick at 20. It's likelihood that Cross and Neil will be taken in the top 10. That's how outstandingly good they are. Evan Neal, this is a point, is a left tackle from Alabama. He can also play right tackle and right guard. Um, he's a protector, a mauler, a really good player. Um, Cross is from Mississippi. Um, he is well, it's on the left of the line. He is three, 310 pounds left tackle. He's got good feet. He's athletic. He's quick. Um, Needs to get a bit stronger, a bit bigger, but that's something that we could, they would develop over time, but has very good pro potential and pro potential to become a very good left tackle in the NFL. Uh, Ekwonu, who I have picked in a few of my mock drafts, comes out of NC State. No, he didn't work with Matt Canada, for <laughs> you ask. Um, he is big, he's physical, he's a very good run blocker. Um, which obviously would appeal to the Steelers is because that is something we need to work on establishing the running game. So Ekim Ekwonu is certainly someone who it might be worth looking at if he's around at 20. Uh, Trevor Penning obviously is another one who's attracted a lot of interest in Steeler Nation. Um, those of you who saw him at the Senior Bowl saw him absolutely destroying defensive linemen. Uh, he's a big old dude as well. He's six foot seven, three hundred twenty nine pounds. Um, he's a very big tackle. He has surprising quickness for his size. Yeah, you know the, the guy who is huge. He comes out of an unstylish school in Northern Iowa, but he's a very good player. Um, he's a tough blocker, and he is. His upside is he will be able to grow at the pro level. They feel with more pro level coaches, more pro level standard, uh, working with pro level guards, tackles every day, he will only continue to get better. He's seen as a bit of a gritty throwback as well of an offensive lineman back to the old days as a real hard blocker, a real nasty piece of work who will not only just beat people, but will try and destroy them as well. Certainly fitting in with the Steelers, who if you look at Steelers of the past, offensive lines of the past, those that have been successful have had these gritty, tough fighters on, on their line. And that's the sort of person that Penning is. Um, his hand speed needs some work. Um, as that's one development point for him, but that's something obviously that can be coached at that higher level. You know, the NFL is that bit quicker, a bit higher, more higher standard than the college game. So obviously that's something he will need to work on. Okay, so moving on to Ohio State's Nick Petitfer. 
He's six foot five, 315 pounds, another big old dude, a right tackle. He's superb in pass protection. He's a good athlete. He's quick. He's athletic. He's got a good build as well for a, um, a right tackle. Um, certainly something the Steelers could look at where right tackle obviously is a position they're going to need to address, especially with the likelihood that they're not going to renew Trey Turner's contract. Especially in addition to the fact that it is more likely that Dan, Bra Dan Brown, not Dan Brown, he was the author, wasn't he? Dan Moore, sorry, um, will be kept at left tackle. Um, he could get stronger um, and, have, and bring more punch in the ground game. So that's something he could work on. But again, at that higher level, the NFL level, working with NFL coaches, that's something obviously that probably could be very easily addressed. Like I've said in previous pods when I've talked about guys coming out of, of college, out of the draft, you're not getting the finished article. You know, with the best will in the world, there's very few players that come out of college and are plug and play elite level starters on day one of the NFL season. You know, these guys have come out of a lower level of competition, even if they play for the big schools like Alabama, like LSU, like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Penn State. You know, they're still not of NFL. <coughs> of NFL standard. They don't have to go up against players week in, week out of the standard of the NFL. So that's something worth considering. Another player coming out, Kenyon Green, looks a very decent decent lineman out of Texas A&M, where we got Dan Moore from last year. Um, big old dude again, you know, six foot six, 325 pounds, very promising player. Um, you know, a guard, another person who would be very good and could be probably got in round two or round three. Uh, Bernhard Raymond, who is an offensive tackle uh, at Central Michigan, another big dude, an Austrian, six foot six, three hundred and three pounds. He's described as a developmental prospect. Um, he was a tight end, but was converted into an offensive lineman. He's got a good skill set. He's got the size. He's got the speed. He's got good athleticism, um, but obviously needs a bit more work um, around developing his, you know, his strength and developing his blocking actions. But again, he's a developmental prospect, someone who would probably be around in rounds four or five. Another player um, who we could look at coming out of Minnesota is a guy called Daniel Falele, who is an Australian. He can play right tackle or right guard, which is obviously a position the Steelers are looking for. He is six foot eight, uh, 379 pounds. He is an absolute beast of a human being. I don't know whether you've seen any of the pictures on Facebook or on the internet of this guy next to some normal sized people. He is huge, absolutely huge. Um, his feet are too slow to play left tackle. That's why he's moved to right tackle. Um, he's got he's a good pass. He's got good pass pro. Um, he's got he's good size, you know, good length. Um, his downsides are uh, his feet can sometimes get stuck. So we need some more work on his foot at footwork, and also he has limited speed due to his size. He's very good in the ground game as he pushes defenders aside very very easily using his strength and size. So he's someone worth considering, but someone obviously would need to work on his speed and his um, and his obviously his handwork. But like I said, is that something in a guy that size he's going to be able to do? That's the question, obviously, out there. Another promising prospect is Darian Kennard, who might be available in rounds two, three, or four. He's an offensive tackle coming out of Kentucky. He's six foot five, three hundred and forty-two. He's a three uh, over his season. He's got quicker and he's got more athletic. He's certainly developed over this college season and got to come to be a much better tackle than he had been in his previous years at Kentucky. He's got a good skill set and he's described as being nasty. 
which is perhaps something we need more on the offensive line now. We need a bit more grit, a bit more fight, a bit more, you know, get in their faces and not just beat them, but destroy them. You know, something that Chukes perhaps lacks. Chukes is a bit too nice at times, I think. Um, his pass pro is very good. Um, he is a bull in the ground game, which is something I think the Steelers would be encouraged at. Obviously, a very good bl run blocker. Um, he is super value. Um, he can be play right tackle or right guard. So it would be a good pick in the later rounds. Um, who else have we got? Well, one of my um, favorite people, a guy coming out of Boston College, um, is a guy called Zion Johnson. Zion Johnson, who was described as practice player of the week at the Senior Bowl. Um, this is something that's not voted on by the media. This is voted by the NFL teams in um, attendance. Obviously voted by people who know what they're talking about. I'm not saying the journalists don't know what they're talking about, uh, but sometimes they do talk a lot of rubbish. Um, but, you know, by general managers, by coaches, um, by position coaches, by guys from the NFL. This guy was voted practice player of the week. Zion Johnson is six foot three. He's 316 pounds. He has a wide frame. He's got good player power. He is a very, very good blocker. He has a great wingspan. He's strong. He has a wide base as well. Um, excellent leverage. Um, and he has, is accurate out of blocks to cut off line blackers, line blackers, linebackers as well. Um, he can play guard. He can also fill in at centre as well. He's played a couple of games at centre for Boston this year. So it would be a multi-positional player. Something that's always useful to have on the offensive line, um, given the number of injuries and uh, uh, illnesses we've had this season on our offensive line. What are Zion Johnson's weaknesses? What are some of the things he needs to work on? Um, he has got an unorthodox stance that perhaps will need a bit of work. He sometimes struggles to adjust to a moving target. Um, he occasionally has issues with the blitz. Um, so that's something obviously that would need to be worked on by the Pittsburgh Steelers positional coaches if we were going to draft him. Um, he can, obviously, I said before, he can play guard or even center. For me, he is a good quality acquisition and again, could be got either in the first round or might be someone you might need to trade up for in the second round. I think will be um, someone whose draft stock will certainly increase over the coming months um, once we move towards the draft in April. Zion Johnson would be a quality addition for the Steelers and someone I would like to see us go for. Um, I think he would really add to our O-line and be someone who we could use in a multi-positional role. There's some really good talent. This O-line class coming out of college this year is very, very deep. You know, with the likes of those more realistic to be around when the Steelers pick, the likes of Penning, Equanu, um, Petit Ferrer, um, not only him, but you know, Rayman, um, Kenyon Green, Falele, Kinnard, Johnson. These are players that we really need to be looking at, I think, um, in the draft. I don't think it's just going to be about using free agency for me, and I'll come on to the free agents shortly. It's also going to be about using the draft as well to get in players to supplement uh, Dan Moore and supplement Kevin Dotson. Uh, whether we obviously maintain uh, Kendrick Green as a centre or make him move into a backup role or even move him to guard, this is something we've got to look at. But... The draft and the free agency we need to use to not only sign starters, plug and play starters, but also to go out there and get uh, players who are going to be good depth pieces as well. I think one thing this season has shown us is with the number of injuries and illnesses that we've had this season, that we need to have more depth. At times, the Steelers' cupboard has looked bare on the O-line and the D-line this year, um, and we've not had the players in place to 
come in and do a quality job in place of those starters who've gone down hurt. So who's available in free agency? What have we got in free agency that is decent out there? Uh, so the first one is Brandon Scherf. He is six foot five, 315 pounds, plays for the Washington Commanders. He's 30 years old. He's a five times pro bowler. He probably might be expensive though, given the fact that he has good experience and obviously at five out of his seven years has been a pro bowler and is someone that is very highly regarded in Washington. Uh, another player that is a good possible, He obviously the other thing about Scherf is that he was a round one pick for the uh, round one pick in the draft. Austin Corbett of the LA Rams is someone else it might be worth looking at and could be picked up for a little bit cheaper than Brandon Scherf. He's also younger at 26 years old. He's six foot four, 306 pounds. He started life with the Browns and then when he flourished once he got to LA. It may be that he likes the warm weather, so probably wouldn't like Pittsburgh. <laughs> Who knows? He's a four-year start, four-year veteran. He came out of Nevada, six foot four, 306 pounds, has arms that are 33 and a quarter inches wide. Um, another player who I really like and was uh, highlighted to by um, Jeffrey Benedict on BTSC was a guy called Lakin Tomlinson. Lakin Tomlinson currently plays for the San Francisco 49ers. He's 30 years old. He's six foot three. He's 315 pounds. He started life with the, with the Lions, but was traded to the 49ers in 2017. He was a round one pick uh, for the Lions. He is a fantastic run blocker. He makes the San Francisco runners running game and the San Francisco running backs look better than they actually are. Um, he is an absolute bull in the block. He destroys people in, in the run game and would be a very good quality addition and plays on the right-hand side of the line. He's very good in pass pro and very strong as well. So Lakin Tomlinson is someone I would like to take a look at. Um, he's someone as well that you would need though to pay top dollar to to get him to the franchise. You're looking at a high contract or maybe Kevin Colbert could work his magic and get that contract down by using bonuses, signing signing fees, etc, etc to get him to the to get him to come, to come to Pittsburgh. But like I said, he can play on the right hand side of the line and is a very good run blocker, something we're going to need next year as our run game is something that continues to need to develop, especially given the fact that we have someone like Najee Harris. If we can get a good line. I'm not talking about an elite line or an outstanding line, but like a good line. Just think about how many more yards Najee Harris could gain. Tackle-wise, we've got a few tackles out there. Um, Terran Armstead, who is a very good leader of men. He's a Saints. He's 30 years old. He's six foot five, 304 pounds, 34-inch arms. He's a nine-year veteran. He's a strong player, a good blocker, and is a very good player. Orlando Brown Jr. of the Kansas City Chiefs is another player. Uh, Dwayne Brown, though, I think he's too old at this point, at 36 years old. Another tackle we could look at, Morgan Moses of the Washington Commanders, who is 30 years old. Um, Bobby Massey, 22, 32, and Eric Fisher, 31. One thing that concerns me about the tackles coming out into free agency, obviously, is their age. Um, with the exception of Armstead, who's 30, they're all the wrong side of 30 years old, which is not something the Steelers often will go for which may turn the likes of Colbert and Tomlin off going for some of these tackles. The one I think it's still worth looking at, obviously, is Terran Armstead. But again, he could be on the expensive side. Personally, uh, like I said, I, out of college, I like Zion Johnson. I like Darian Kennard. I like Bernard Raymond. And I like Trevor Penning. Um, I think, you know, it's absolutely vital that we rebuild 
absolutely rebuild and just really retool this offensive line to put in a position where whichever quarterback comes into our franchise, whether we win with Mason next year, God please not, or we bring in a free agent or we draft someone, or in the future we bring in a different franchise quarterback with a good offensive line, we give them more chance to succeed. But not only that, we give our best offensive weapon, Najee Harris, more chance to run the ball, more chance to increase the number of yards he gets per game more chance to eat clock and help our defense and that's an absolute key for me um we need to look at getting players who match uh mayor's schemes um you know his his schemes that he likes for blocking he, needs, he, likes, he likes big powerful guards and big powerful tackles um only by getting and establishing this offensive line um and getting our run blocking and our pass pro, can we have an offense that is going to consistently move the ball? And that's what we fell down last season for me, not consistently moving the ball enough. This is the only way we can do it, is by building this O-line back up again. Um, obviously, early free agency, when that comes around in March, will tell the story of what we're going to do in the draft. If we're able to get in some free agents of the likes of, say, Corbett or Tomlinson, or Terran Armstead, that will obviously change the priorities going into the draft. And obviously will encourage the likes of Colbert, Tomlin, to look at slightly different players. But I think we need to look at draft and free agency to really rebuild this line and give good depth to this offensive line. We need to make sure that anyone who's coming into the, onto the line as a replacement for an injured player is a good quality replacement. Otherwise, the offensive line will take that step back and take that dive it did at the end of the season once Kevin Dotson went down. So that's my views on the offensive line. I'm sure you've got your own out there in Steeler Nation. If you have, please feel free to get in contact on Twitter at eSteelerNation or on uh, Facebook, Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond group or Britsburg Owen David or on Instagram, Britsburg Owen or on my YouTube channel, Britsburg Voice from Across the Pond. Uh, please feel free to get in contact and let me know what your thoughts are on the offensive line. But this is one of our keys, I think, for this offseason, this massive offseason that is upcoming for our Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, a lot will depend around what we do in free agency and in the draft. And the encouraging thing about free agency this year that we haven't had in previous years is the fact that we have more draft capital than before. Around about $34.5 million in, in spare draft capital i've read as well on articles that um, with some restructuring and some cuts to certain players we could get the draft capital up to anything between 60 and 70 mi draft capital sorry the cap space up to anything between 60 and 70 million dollars cutting the likes of showbert banner restructuring deals could get us up there and have give us a great deal of money to spend and i think it's absolutely vital that we go out and spend that money on high quality players who can come in and make a real difference to this franchise straight away not players who are okay or average but really make that big run this year to start to build this franchise back up to where it needs to be and it deserves to be it's competing every year to get into the divisional round to get into championship sunday and to get into the super bowl you know the whole of the nation wants that seven, seventh Lombardi. Now, I know we can't win Super Bowls every year. No team does. No team wins four, five, six titles in a row. This is not baseball. This is not basketball. At the end of the day, we're going to look to build towards that seventh Lombardi. And as long as we are getting consistent success, a winning season, getting into the playoffs and winning a playoff game. You know, we haven't won many of the playoff games recently, and that's something that is used as a stick to beat Coach Tomlin with. And this is something we need to address in this free agent period and giving our 
team and our franchise the best possible players to move forward to compete at the highest level against the likes of the Chiefs, the Patriots, the Bills, the Bengals, the Ratbirds, the Chargers. You know, there's top teams in the AFC. Now, I'm sure I've forgotten someone. Uh, Titans who are going to compete year in, year out at this moment in time to be in that Championship Sunday game. So, that's my cop pod for today um, with the news, obviously, that I've shared at the start and obviously are my work on that I've done and shared with you on the O-line. Thank you for listening out there in Steeler Nation. I hope you're having a great Saturday. I wish you all the best. Here we go, Steelers. <laughs>